Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to the kitchen table. And welcome to episode 100. I just want to take just a minute to say thank you for joining me for two years of episodes, for coming and sitting with me week after week, for giving me feedback. And as we've been celebrating last week and this week in a series about just ask me anything, I just really appreciate the fact that y'all consistently reach out, want to know questions want to share insights, want to give tips as well to help other moms. More than anything, I want this space to be a place where you get to know Jesus more and you understand that he applies right here in the middle of your motherhood. So let's jump back into this episode where we are talking. Caroline is a good friend of mine and Caroline and I are just really discussing the questions that y'all have sent in the ask me anything. And I can't wait for y'all to hear some of these questions this week. Ready for another question? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I think this is an interesting one. I want to know the answer. Um, Bridget asked, did you ever question having several children with the complexities of each child? I wonder if I could mentally take care of any more than my two right now who are four and two years old. I always dreamt of having more, but I'm so frazzled by my two that any more seems daunting and like I wouldn't be my best self to any more kids. Uh, Great question. That is so good. Well done, Bridget. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, I did question. Yes, I do question. Still to this day, I'm like, um, am I doing any of this well? Uh, I think the way our journey went in having babies, uh, we had our first two. So we were told we would never have babies. We were told we would never be able to have a baby. I don't know that story. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, we were told that I wouldn't be able to carry children. And, uh, so when we got pregnant with our first, it was a super surprise, super miracle. I was treated like a miracle. I went, I had a specialist, um, had all the bells and whistles for the pregnancy because everybody was sure it wasn't going to go. And it did. He did. He's healthy and obviously 23 Yeah. Um, and praise God for him. But so then when I had him, my next thought was I have my miracle baby. Thank you, God, for a baby. You know, I, I didn't yeah. I would get another and nobody was giving me any promises that I would have another baby. So the first two came right one right after the other. Um, and, and it was after the second one that my specialist basically said, well, 
I don't know. I can't explain it. None of your lab work would indicate that you can have babies yet. Clearly you've had two. So, you know, he said, I, I don't know. So the first two that I had, um, were in a sense, both like surprise miracles, like in, in my head, like I wasn't saying, should we have another baby? Let's pray about it and think about having another baby. That's the honest truth is that because we were in a space where we had been told you won't have a baby, and then we don't think you'll ever have another baby, that those two kind of came so quickly. And it was yeah. like, Lord, in essence, saying, well, your story is going to be different. And so now what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so at that point is when we began to really pray. And I began to say, oh, wow, how do we do this? And what do we do? And I think that for the first part of Bridget's question, um, I did feel very frazzled with two. Mm-hmm. I, I felt frazzled with one. Me too. I just felt frazzled. Um, motherhood is the biggest stretching ground I've ever been on. Um, the biggest, most obvious display of my desire to be totally capable and the reality of being incapable and in desperate need of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that's the truth for me about motherhood. I really, really want to be able to do it all. And I really see every day that I can't, you know, that I'm not going to be the all, not, I'm not going to be the all for my kids. I, I wasn't, I realized with the first, I wasn't going to be his all. Like I didn't have all of his answers. And then I had two and I didn't have all of either of their answers. <laughs> um, but I have learned that like it says in Isaiah, where he says he gently leads those who have young. And that verse for me became a absolute um, bastion of hope for me most days of me mm-hmm. going, God, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm pretty sure none of this is probably if anybody saw me in my day, they would be like, you're doing it all wrong. But I know, God, that you promise that you'll gently lead me. And so I I really need you to lead me today. Yes. And that, for me, I was the mom who struggled with, uh, I wanted to do everything right. I really struggle with performance, just of doing things right. Like, I just want to do it well and do it right. Um, so everything as God has begun to unpack that in me, everything for so many years has passed through that filter of, is this the best way to do this? Is this the right decision? And that filter is exhausting. Oh yeah. But, but it is definitely my fleshly filter. And yeah. so God having to say, let me show you and gently Gently. That's the beauty of God is it's so he's so patient. It says his, his loving kindness is for you. He is, he is, he has a steadfast love. He is just enduring. I mean, it's just over and over in scripture. He's like, look, I'm, I don't get impatient. And so Mm -hmm. he's so faithful with us of going just little by little, 
unpacking the false truth we're living in. And my mm-hmm. false truth was if I can just make all the right decisions and do everything exactly right, I will be everything these children need and I will measure up well and I will have done this job well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're called to. And it's bondage. Mm. Yeah. There's so much freedom that comes from letting that go and stepping into trust and said, uh, another thought that I had in response to this question was just, uh, um, I can't think of a time where I've ever heard somebody say, I wish we hadn't had so many children. Yeah. But I have, I have heard people say, I wish we'd had more. And yeah, it often seems to be that the, the reasons uh, here not to, like I've had people tell me, I, I decided to only have two because that's all I could put through college. And I'm like, oh, that's that's really a sad reason to to make a decision like yeah. that and to cut cut off so much potential joy. Like when I look at our four, I think, goodness, I would never send one of them back. You know, like yeah, I'm so grateful. I mean, yeah, there are days, but I'm so grateful. And um, and fear is usually not a great decision maker. No, it's not. I have made many decisions though based on fear. I mean, I could unpack, that would be a whole podcast about our journey in, um, having eight kids. Uh, Mm -hmm. God has taught me huge things. Um, obviously we started out not believing we could have children. Then middle of the way through, we begin to panic and say, all we do is make children. We should (laughs) stop this (laughs) some way, none of them, you know, and, um, and we had those years, And, um, and then we've had years in between those like that, you know, just, and then God has finally brought us to a place of just wonder at the uniqueness of every child he brings to you. Uh, Mm. I think though, that what I have learned over the years is that God has made it clear when it was, when we, when he was readying our hearts for a baby. So there may have been the wonder, the doubt that, oh gosh, can I do another one? But it was coupled and easily overcome with the understanding from God. Yes, you can. And I will give you all that you need to do Mm -hmm. to have another child. So again, this is a space where the Lord over the years, because we were not, I mean, we were not good initially about like understanding uh that like understanding that there's a conversation there with the lord mm-hmm. and um in allowing that conversation to happen with god but i also believe that there was also a time for me where god says and now it's finished and you can rest here now obviously my finished was 8 So that seems like it's an obvious finish, but I had gotten to a point with the Lord where I'm like, okay, Lord, I mean, are we, are we done or not done? Like you're teaching me more and more what it means to lean on you versus lean on my own abilities. And, and then God making it very clear. And that completes your little group. Wow. And, um, so I, I, I do think for her question, the best advice I can tell you of how to know is you and your husband 
begin to ask God. Mm-hmm. It, fear will always be there because fear is something the enemy drives into us. So the fact that you feel afraid about it, I have learned over the years not to be, uh, not, not to allow that to be a deciding factor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there is wisdom and God also gives us wisdom. And there was definitely a space where God said, and now you're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me of um, the, the story that Corey Ten Boom tells. I, I don't remember which book it's in where she's asked her dad a question and it's kind yeah. of a grown up question that she's asked him. And mm-hmm. um, he asks her, when do I give you the ticket for the train? And she says, just before we get on the train, because that's when I need it and you don't want me to lose it. I've come back to that in motherhood as our family increased and thought to myself, he's going to give me what I need when I need it. And if I feel like I don't have it right now, that's probably accurate because I don't, but when I need it, he'll give it to me Mm -hmm. because he's a good father. He loves us enough to give us things that we need when we need them. Yeah. And, and I think, I think over the 20, 24 years of having kids. I think the thing about God, and it makes me cry. It'll make me cry in this moment. I'll get tight. I hope I don't cry. Gosh, God's heart is, is for the mom. Mm-hmm. Is, is he's, he is, and it is for the dad too. I'm not saying that, but oh my goodness. I mean, I, I walk into mom's shoes and God's heart is that the, you as a mom feel so tied to him because when you are tied to him, you will be equipped. You will mm-hmm. maybe just like that where it isn't until, you know, there's been many nights where I've laid in bed and I didn't have the answers that night for what needed to be done. And I've laid in bed and I've cried and I've pled with the Lord and I've asked God, what, what do we do? And God mm-hmm. has been faithful every single time every Mm. single time he hears Mm. your prayers and he will Mm. supply what you need it but his heart is for you i think he just so radically put that scripture about the fact that we have to be like that sheep who had young like we are that sheep Mm -hmm. and he's Mm -hmm. not confused by the frailty of the sheep you know in isaiah 40 like that was a sheep and sheep are they are dumb and, and they are right. stubborn and they are, they're dumb and they're yeah. so frail. And God goes, he doesn't say, I'm going to gently lead wise owls or some other creature that uh-huh. we give all this ability to naturally. It, it, he, he picked the, the dumbest. <laughs> And I think it's, I mean, thank you, Lord, because I think it just, just opens even more up his idea that he's the shepherd. Mm. So Mm. engaged. So yeah, when you're in, in uh, honestly for Bridget's question, when my kids were two and four, I mean, that's just, it's a hard season. It is very hard. (laughs) I can speak to that as well. Yeah. Just hard. (laughs) hard but it will not feel like that forever Mm-mm. it will not no that's that's good news <laughs> this next question I feel like really 
it's just such a perfect fit coming out of what you've just been sharing about that's so tender and so good. Um, Elizabeth wrote, I'm a single mama. I know that you aren't one, but I would love wisdom for this journey alone. And she listed a, a few things. So there may be maybe ideas for other podcast episodes for her to listen to or other resources. So um, the three things that she listed were sleep and toddlers, budgeting and meal planning. Hmm. Well, first of all, Elizabeth, like you've talked about sleep. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. I have, I have talked about sleep. Um, but, but it's hard when you're the only one. Mm-hmm. So first of all, just to acknowledge the fact that God's design was for that to be shared. And so I know it's hard when it's not shared and there's mm-hmm. probably some moms listening and they are married and it's still not shared. And so, you know, I think I recognize that too, that there's all sorts of stories that we carry about uh, how it's more than maybe God would have perfectly designed it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that in terms of, in terms of toddler sleep, then the number one thing I can tell you toddler sleep and baby sleep. I I just, I believe in a schedule and I believe that sleep creates sleep. So Mm -hmm. the more overtired your child is, the less they will sleep, which is different than what, like, I don't know. My, my mom's advice was like, keep the baby up late at night and then they'll sleep all night long. And it didn't work for my babies ever. I didn't do that either. Yeah, it never worked. Mine were just up even more in the night because they were overtired. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, practically speaking, in terms of those things, um, you know, scheduling is huge. So mm-hmm. toddlers need naps mm-hmm. and they need sleep at night and they need to go to bed earlier than you think. And especially when they're in a growth spurt, then they go to bed even earlier. That's what I did with mine. So when I knew that mine were in a growth spurt, I moved their bedtime earlier. So if their bedtime was seven, all of a sudden I said, mm, well, we're going to get you in the bed between 630 and 645. Mm-hmm. Now mine always were early risers. So mine would get up at, you know, 630 or seven as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but I was looking for 12 hours of sleep. Yeah. I think that practically when you are the only one, um, things can be exhausting And so for Elizabeth, the first thing I would say is number one, God never leaves you and he is in it with you completely and that he is your strengthener and he is a lifter of your head. And there are scriptures that I would encourage you probably to put on bathroom mirrors in your car in front of you to remind you of his promises to never leave you or forsake you. And that you can pray over your life, that he would strengthen you, that he would encourage you, that he would embolden you, that he would give you skills that you've never had before. So that, and then secondly for her is oftentimes we believe, and when I sit with moms and I ask them, tell me about your friends, oftentimes what I hear back is they have friends but they do not have friends who are warriors 
locked with shields standing with them on a battlefield. Mm, Yeah. And you may not, you may be single, meaning you're the only, you're the main person in your home, but we need to be as believers in community with other believing women, understanding that, you know, Paul talks about us having an armor of God, but that's inside of a picture of us standing with locked shields, those shields interlocked and the men marched behind a, like basically a wall into Mm, battle. Mm -hmm. Um, we see it and I've talked about it in other podcasts, but, um, we see it in the old Testament with Aaron and her holding up Moses's arms. So Elizabeth, you are the one in your home holding up the scripture. You're the one holding up the gospel and you're the one holding up all coordination of all of life, Mm -hmm. but you need your Aaron and her friends. So what Aaron and her did is Moses had to hold up his, he had to hold up his staff. And when his staff was held up, the battle was being won by the Israelites down in the Valley. And when he got tired and he, you know, his arms started to sink down, the Israelites began to lose the battle against Amalek and his, um, his troops. And Aaron and her realized that. So first of all, you need friends who realize that. And they came and they put a rock for Moses to sit on. And they came along both sides of him and they held up his arms so that no longer were his muscles, the muscles doing the work. And we have to become, we're living in a more, more and more fractured society. And we actually have to become more and more um, fierce about being women who look for the Moses desperately trying to hold the gospel up in her home who may need a, a, a soft place to sit and may need arms to hold that gospel high. Wow. That's such a good picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, and that's just, that's just my, that's my discipleship arm of this. I mean, we, we're going to talk practical. We can talk about food. I know that I know Caroline, you're the queen of that, but, <laughs> but in terms of discipleship, we've, we've got to move past this idea that we can do it all. I can't do it all. Mm-hmm. I have to have the women around me and I'm inside of a, a, a healthy functional marriage. I still have to have women around me who are holding me up, who are locked shield to shield with me, who are praying on my children's behalf like that Mm -hmm. is a must and beginning to go I need that is you know how we need to become as women Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. gosh that's good um is there a specific podcast episode you would point to maybe in the show notes especially about sleep I know that you've talked about it before. I know I've talked about it. I will have, I can't remember off the top of my head, the number of the podcast, but I will go find it. I'll go find them. I'll put them in the show notes. Find it, Elizabeth. (laughs) Um, And then do you have like a specific, I know in our house for budgeting, we use YNAB, which is short for you need a budget, (laughs) Y-N-A-B.com. It's very inexpensive, but it takes, it, it, There is a learning curve, but the explanations are really good. And it just really helps you pay attention to 
how you're using your money, where it's going, categorizing it, that kind of thing. So that's super practical for budgeting. Oh, that'd be a um, good one. Yeah. I have, that one. yeah, I'm a, so I'm, I'm the Enneagram seven who is loose with the money in the, in the, in the, in the relationship <laughs> in my home. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So very conscious budget minded partner who we have used Dave Ramsey to formulate a lot of our budgetary concepts like many, 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 many years ago. And then he runs a budget, but he straight up builds his own budget spreadsheets. And Uh yeah. Yeah. And I fall in line. Yeah. Sort of. Not Uh really. Yeah. 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 I can relate to that. I can. And if Mark is listening, he's going to say, yep. <laughs> yeah. If Troy heard uh, that, he'd be like, uh, yeah, can you please do a little oh bit better? Um, yeah. So that would not be, I would, yeah, we'll put yeah. a link to YNAP then because, yeah. you know. It is really good and very practical um, one step at a time. The um, the meal planning a couple of years ago, I um, kind of developed a whole process that involves yeah. like, sitting down maybe for about an hour, uh, working with your calendar app and making a big old list and then just kind of popping it in. But it it's kind of complicated, but not super complicated. So I kind of put it into like five easy steps and um, it's like, I put it into a, like a little easy PDF. So we could link to that in the show. Oh notes yeah. Too, Do where that. Then if, yeah. if she signs up, it'll just, get emailed to her inbox and it'll just walk you through step by step. Like step one, we're going to make a list and think about the foods that we like. And step two, we're going to look at our calendar and think about what days of the week we can do things. I'm really big. You're going to think I'm the biggest nerd. I'm really big on having meals in my freezer so that we don't have to do fast food very much at all. And when the school year is about to start, I have a goal in my mind to have at least 24 meals for the, in my my freezer for the 24 weeks of our homeschool community group. So that on those days, I know we're having a freezer meal. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's impressive. You're very impressive. Like I am not that way. (laughs) I mean, I want to be that way. I always, I love it. You are the one who needs to answer that because I am definitely, um, I want to do that. And so I will do good meal planning for a few weeks and then I fall off my own bandwagon. Yeah. And I, in my sevenness, I guess, I don't, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I I just have always been like that where then I'm like, "Mm, I know I said I was going to be making that, but I'm not feeling it tonight. So I'm not going to be making that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you have some backup stuff, because that that's yeah. kind of part of the glory of the system, at least once a week, I'm trying to do a meal that I can like triple. Yeah. You know, and so then two that's a good idea. freezer. And then when I get to Thursday and I'm exhausted and whatever I was planning to do is complicated and doesn't sound good, I'm like, I'm getting something out of the freezer. Actually, yeah. it's Thursday and I'm doing that. So <laughs> that sounds really yeah. that's, that's yeah. Brilliant. So we can just link to that too. Yeah. I'm going to have to get it. I'll have to, I'll have to download it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here's a fun one. I like this one. 
Are you a get up, get dressed, hair and makeup every day kind of person? Or are you more like a yoga pants, messy bun, coffee zone, get it done? How's it go? <laughs> I, I'm actually a get up and get dressed. Makeup is a, makeup may not get done. Like, I don't know that I'm mm -hmm. super concerned. Well, hmm, let me qualify that. <laughs> if I'm in my house and I'm just, so the, the pattern of our lives is three days a week. My youngest ones are at home with me homeschooling two days a week. Everybody goes to school. Um, so right. the, on the homeschooling mornings, I will get up and I will just put on something to get homeschooling done generally. But, right. but then if I'm going to, if I know that I'm getting up to do work or if I'm getting up just to like more than just homeschooling, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get dressed. There's something about getting dressed mm -hmm. for me that makes me go, okay, we're ready to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also had a mom tell me something that was significant for her was putting on shoes, like real shoes, not walking okay. around in slippers that kind of makes you feel like, all right, the day is happening. We're ready to go. Yeah. yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think my girls would definitely say I'm a get dressed kind of thing because they tend to say stuff like, mom, you don't have to put, you don't have to get all put together. Just, you know, put on something. I'm like, no, I'm going to, I would just rather just get dressed. But. Uh-huh. I would too. I'm the same. I want to be dressed every day. I yeah. Do. <laughs> um, and maybe this is why for me, this is another question that came in. Do you have a favorite kind of pajamas? I don't want to walk around all day in my pajamas. I don't either. I don't either. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm not, I am not a super like, I see all the fancy pajamas. I'm kind of a target pajama girl. And uh -huh. I mean, I'm just, that's probably not where I'm going to be super fancy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do like during the day. Yeah, I would too. Uh -huh. Now, I mean, I may, I maybe would, you know, I would spend more money on a pair of leggings than I would on a pair of pajamas. Put it that way. How about that for an answer? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's yeah. still to me, to me, That's my good. leggings are casual. Like in my head, I'm like, if I'm in my leggings, I'm pretty casual and I'm pretty chill in my house. But um, yeah, I'm going to spend more money on that than I am on a pair of pajamas. Thank you for joining me for these last two Ask Me Anything episodes. I hope you understand more than anything else that I haven't really arrived at any of these answers. The answers I've given to these questions that Caroline has asked me and that we've just kind of talked and shared hearts about probably aren't the only answer. May not be the right answer for you and your child. But I want you to know that Jesus is the right answer and he holds the right answers. He is trustworthy and he will meet you in your moment of need. And he will give you the wisdom and the discernment. His word will answer your heart cries. As always, please reach out. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you have any other questions. I would love to do this again another time. Thank you for being at the kitchen table with me these past two years. It has been an honor, and I look forward 
to more, more time with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.